Hello, and welcome to Red Purse Greetings, episode 75. I'm your host, M. With me is my regular host, Jackson. Yeah, hello. And my regular host, Destiny. Hey. I'm going to force everyone to be enthusiastic. <laughs> I feel movies. like dragons. Movies, 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 movies. That's not going to play for any of our non-American listeners, of which, honestly, I feel like the majority of people listening to this podcast don't live in America. Have people in America only heard the song Ode to Joy? What the fuck? Is the reference to a different thing? It's is... the stars theme. It's a, it's a commercial for stars that was Ode Wait. to Joy, but it's just going movies, movies. <laughs> That's a real commercial. Was like, yes. like, movies, movies. Yes. yes. Imagining the fucking Mad Men scene where Dom Draper's like, okay, get this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Destiny's getting over a cold, so we'll just be coughing into the mic. Apparently, all call. I'm going to mute, but I just didn't uh, get a chance you didn't. to. <laughs> Die. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, who's Jackson? I don't actually no. know if the. I, okay, no movies from Jackson. <laughs> You no watched all, you watched all of Twin Peaks and Firewalk with me, which was not true last time we recorded. Actually, most of it was true. You just hadn't said anything. I, I hadn't seen The Return last time we recorded, yeah. and um, according to many people, that's a movie. I did not there's, log it. There on is Letterboxd. a there is a movie in the middle of Twin Peaks. You did watch a movie. I did watch that. I did. I did watch that. Um, you can um, listen to Jackson talk about that with a friend Rose on uh, Voip Life. I was not there. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have too much in deep. Twin Peaks takes. I, I watched it too quickly. I'm not. I was not doing criticism brain. I just enjoyed the things. Here's. I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil Twin Peaks. I was about to. I was about to do a bit, and but I don't want to spoil Twin Peaks. Anyway, With, um, <laughs> people want that. They can listen to that. Um, Destiny. Yes. Movies. I watched two films. One was a rewatch, and one was a new film to me. The rewatch was uh one of my favorite films, Robert Eggers' The Witch. Which uh, just does not uh, it, it 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 gets better with every rewatch. I feel like for me, I really like this movie. Um, and then I also watched Dark Glasses, the two thousand two Dario Argento film. Uh, Shutter did this really cool thing. Two thousand twenty two, Destiny. Two thousand twenty two. Yes. Uh, excuse me. It's a yeah. new film. It's a new film. Uh, my brain. 2002 oh, is a very different year. The reason I said 2002 was because um, when Aja Argento was writing her book, she found the script to this movie in, or they were going to write it in 2002, but it got shelved. And then when she was writing her book, she found the script and she was like, we should produce this. So uh, it came out you know, 20 years later. Um, and it definitely feels that way. Uh, Dark Glasses. Shudder did this cool thing on, I think it was the eve of October 1st, where they just, like, did a secret screening on their cha- streaming channel uh, yes. of this film. And um, I uh, watched it, and I thought that was kind of fun. But the movie itself is highly, it's just, it's super uneven, it's about this uh, blind call girl who uh, she gets in an accident and loses her sight and she takes in this uh, Chinese Italian orphan that she orphaned uh, in the car accident and there's a killer coming after them and there's a lot of shots of, you know, uh, beautiful women being murdered and 
uh, classic Argento style. It, it's he's not really doing anything like new or interesting. Uh, the plot's kind of dumb. But uh, can I spoil the movie, or is that it's not right to spoil a new movie? <laughs> it's unethical, right? <laughs> I don't I mean, care. I don't care. But oh, uh, someone might be mad. Everyone on my Twitter feed is spoiling new movies every single day the second they see them. So. Oh, I feel mean spoiling movies, especially if they're new. But I'll just say yes. that this movie has a hero dog in it, and that like almost redeemed the entire movie. Oh, right. You told me about this. <laughs> uh, but other than that, it was kind of a dumb film. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with Jalo in general, and the fact that like everybody's excited oh dario argento is making a new movie and it's kind of just not anything interesting it's kind of a dud kind of a wet fart it's just kind of sad i had Um, high hopes fair enough i feel like he's kept making movies and nobody likes them yeah yeah but i don't really (laughs) go here i'm not i'm not i'm not a huge jello head so Mm -hmm. um I uh, still gamer mode, so that's been a problem. I watched a single film. I watched 1934's The Black Cat, uh, starring Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, um, which is one of the universal, not quite monster pictures, but it's in the era um, and was a huge deal because it had their two legends, but neither of them are like creatures. They're just... (laughs) Uh, So it starts like, like Dracula, where this like, super boring guy and his wife they just got married and they're taking a trip their honeymoons in hungary a place where people take honeymoons um and in their train car is bell lugosi who's a psychiatrist who's very creepy and cool um and he starts talking about how like oh in world war one i lost my wife and never saw her again um and i spent 15 years in a prison camp um after the war and he's i'm here coming to see my old friend uh an architect uh who's played by boris karloff and what do you know they end up in like a carriage accident or whatever and they all have to take refuge in this guy's house and it turns out that he's like a death cultist guy um when that happens. who also betrayed <laughs> uh betrayed Belagosi uh during the war and betrayed a bunch of people to the russians whatever <laughs> um and uh they just have an evil doctor off at each other because Bela Lugosi <laughs> wants revenge and Boris Karloff wants to like sacrifice women to resurrect his wife. It's fuck. It's like just two people being awful at each other in like a very hammy way. Uh, it's really good. I cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> it's a great time. Um, also because it's from 1934, it's 69 minutes long. Oh, even oh, better. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. We love to see it. Yeah um apparently it's one of the first movies to have like a like full score like there's music playing under basically all of it oh that's interesting yeah a lot of it is um classical music they have the the song uh what is it um symphony seven movement two the, the end of zardoz music and i'm like god damn it this is zardoz you can't steal this <laughs> which is not, not really works. the way around that <laughs> no i know um anyway um it's good uh there's not to be confused with the black cat from 1941, which I have not seen. Um, Bella Gossi's in both movies, furthering the confusion. Bella Lugosi's um, dead. No, that's stairwells. We can't steal that. that, that yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know. They yeah. play the entire song every episode. It's a good song. <laughs> it's a and good it... song. 
What? Oh, I was going to say, and probably a good podcast that I need to listen to. Yeah, you should. <laughs> um, They're in the middle of a David Lynch thing, so you'll eat it up. Oh, shit, uh, yeah. It's going to be going for another year, so you got plenty of time. To catch Hell up on yeah. Uh, okay, movie time. Our movie this week is Viridiana, uh, written by Louis Buñuel and Julio Alejandro, uh, directed by Louis Buñuel. This came out May 1961 at Cannes, where it won uh, the Palme d'Or, which, uh, fair enough. Jackson, what happens in this movie? Uh, so, uh, Viridiana is a nun who's about to take her vows, uh, and, uh, the mother superior is like, you have to go to, uh, see your uncle first because he's having a bad time and he paid for all your stuff so you owe him this she does not want to go uh and so but you know she she she's nice so she goes anyway uh they have about half an hour of very uncomfortable time together uh in which uh she is like i don't like you i've never liked you please leave me alone and he's like that's fair but you do kind of look like uh my my widow um, or not he's he's a widower my 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 dead wife so i'm going to be extremely weird about that uh and like makes her her stay drugs her um tells her that uh he's like uh raped her in the night while she was asleep uh he didn't uh then he, he tries... was going to he was, he was going, going to that's an important was, point it, yes. it was on the table it was on the table and he couldn't quite do it but he tries to tell her that to like you can't go back to the the convent now um and then as she's leaving and that doesn't convince her to stay he tries to say well i i didn't actually do that and she also doesn't believe that so he's just not having a good time uh and uh right before she gets on the the car ride back she uh uh gets the news that he's killed himself uh his uncle's killed himself uh and then the rest of the movie is about his estranged son coming back to the house that she is now also uh resigned to stay in she doesn't feel like she can go back to the convent uh and she turns this like strange estate and farm that he's let slip into disrepair into a haven for uh the various like poor uh ne'er-do-wells of the area uh just just like you know there's they're all cartoons they're all kind of cartoons of the portrayals of poor people one of them's a you know one of them's a leper and none of them trust them it's that kind of stuff uh and she just uh lives on this place trying to like look after them being this uh uh not like explicitly a religious figure, figure like in 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 the uh, in the convent uh, she was, but trying to live by those values and help people, uh, and you know help everyone else. Uh, the strange son coming back and doing up the estate is not as pleased about this. He's not like anti it, uh, but he's not pro it either. And he's also keeps trying to uh, sleep with both uh, Ridiana and uh, Ramona, who is the maid who's also lived here the whole time. Um, because he's just kind of like that uh and at the end of the movie uh the um uh like the poor people that she has she looks after get into get too drunk they destroy the uh um the table and the like inside of the house and they also in in this incident escalates uh attack her uh two of them attack her and also try to rob uh the house um and she is again threatened uh to be raped by now the lowly people that she uh, was trying to help uh, she is safe from this but the experience still changes her and at the end of the movie uh, she has thrown away her crown of thorns no longer really invested in the religious life uh, and uh, enters uh, her like 
cousins. He's a cousin, but they're not. They don't really. They're not really related. I don't think. Uh, it's not. It's not doing that thing. It's doing a lot of. I mean, other they things, are related, but not in like a way that is significant for the story of the movie. I guess. No. But she. I don't think they're blood related or like all knew each other. Well, they are because she. He's. She's his niece. Like, but I think she's his niece by marriage. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Oh, see that I didn't know. I wasn't sure. But they um, are. They are like even yes. if they were related, related. It's Europe in the sixties. It's Europe. Nobody in the 60s. cares about this. Nobody cares. Like it is. It is. It is scandalous. But not like they're not. My like, point was the scandalousness is far more about the fact that she's entering this this room with the maid who's also there, and they're going to play cards and where could that lead? The necessarily yes. the like family relation stuff. Yes. In terms of emphasis. Uh and that's how the movie ends. And they, they're cutting cards together in the mess. <laughs> this is an implication. But also, more important, almost more importantly than this, there's like pop music playing on a record player. Yes. Uh, After all the classical electricity. music. Yeah, in its house, really. Um, and uh, that's, that's the film. That's the film. That's uh, Rudiana. Yeah. I picked this because uh, I'd never seen it. Uh, <laughs> I, I picked this because I was like, oh, I know this is like a, a, a sexy nun movie. Um, and we had been talking about, um, <laughs> Immortality, which has a sexy nun movie in it. Um, missed, totally missed on one of those. This is not like nun exploitation in that way, but I also am just a fan of Bunuel's films. He's mostly notable for like, I feel like every film person seen in Shenandelu, um, at some point famous silent short, but he also yes. made, uh, with Sylvia Pinel, who's a uh, star in this, uh, he made, um, the exterminating angel and Simone of the desert both made after this. And I love both those movies. So I was uh, looking forward to, they're all movies about how Catholicism ruins everybody's lives. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so I was looking forward to this one. I was expecting to like it. And guess what? I did. I thought it ripped. I thought this movie was great. <laughs> yeah. I had a good time. I also liked this movie and like, okay. So at some point when Netflix had discs that you got delivered to your home, I got this yes. movie. I think I turned it off when he, uh, unbuttoned her dress and started fondling her because I thought it was mm -hmm. going to go in a different direction and I don't think I finished it. <laughs> uh, when I went to rate this movie on Letterboxd, it said I had watched this in 2013. I don't... That might be true. I don't remember <coughs> doing that. <laughs> That's funny. Um... There's a lot when th like that was around the time I first got Letterboxd and I put a lot of movies that I I in my 20s I watched a lot of movies and a lot of them just fell out of my brain and then some of them I probably got confused and maybe rated maybe I'd never seen this movie and rated it maybe I have I have no idea <laughs> can't yeah. trust 2013 me putting things down um, but also every movie I've watched from that era I was watching 600 movies a year has literally left my brain entirely so uh, I rated it four stars back then I rated it five stars now I think this movie's fantastic. <laughs> Is what I'm looking for out of the cinema. Um, I, so the thing, like it started and I was like, oh, is this going to be like a, um, what's the nun movie? Black, Black Narcissus? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be like a Black Narcissus where she's like, oh, I got to hold my faith against a rugged guy. Uh, but she goes there and everything there sucks. It's miserable. Um, her uncle's terrible. Um, his, his, his maid um, just goes along with his plan to drug her. Um, in fact, seems eagerly invested in the plan uh, throughout, uh, which is never really commented upon. She's totally fine to be down, like mess with this stuff. Um, unclear to the amount that she might be shacking up with him. 
really never comes up. Um, but um, the way in which this movie is about, like, she has this piety, but it's never it's 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 been allowed to go into her because she is a a novice nun who is in a basically like a like hermetically sealed chamber where it's allowed to you can just be it's really easy to be pure in a convent right um yes. and she goes to this place and this place is like wretched and she's like well it is my duty as someone who has the skills to pull things out of wretchedness to pull this out of wretchedness um never done it before goes about in this really haphazard way but also is thrust against the part where like the world itself doesn't operate on the like black and white thinking of like Catholic thought. Now, um, one of my favorite shots of the movie is she's in the orchard with all of the, like, you know, uh, the homeless people that she's brought in and sheltering. And she's like, it's time to say our prayers. And they all kneel in the orchard, say prayers. And it's intercut with, uh, her cousin who is hired a bunch of men to revamp the house and rebuild a wing and like put electric lights in just shots of them, like chopping wood, uh, it's in like pouring cement and doing all of the modernity. Um, th to me, this, this story is about like the way in which, uh, the modern world has erased is, is made, maybe not erased, made permeable, uh, class structure and interaction. And in doing so laid bare the violence that underpinned all of it and allows it all to bubble up and like splash over where normally that stuff would have been more rigidly enforced in decades mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Like, there, there's no way outside of this era that all of these poor people would have been even allowed in the house to make the mess they made. But because we're now in a more permissive quote unquote time where we're like graciously understand that like poor people are people, we will let them in the house where they will reveal because they've been oppressed their entire lives, let that all out in like an orgy of destruction of their own. Uh, there's no good here. Uh, the pain is like Im embedded in the systems that everyone is living under. And I think that stuff rips because it's it's not this is not a realist film in that way um, where it's like a, like about these things very stoically. It is, uh, you know, it's played as like a melodrama and, and it is kind of like a gothic horror for like most of it about he literally drugs her and carries her to her, her, his, her room like he's a vampire. Um, and it's sick. It's the sickest shit in the world. I did. I for some reason just expected that I wouldn't like this movie. Um, I also thought it was going to be. A slightly more ridiculous like nun movie i guess mm -hmm. um i didn't know anything about it i own other than we've been playing immortality and you uh compared it to that which is actually nothing like that even slightly no i just i just knew it was a nun movie i mean about like she goes to a house and it, there she is menaced and i just re read that as more pulpy than this movie even though that is what happens in this movie yes. uh, <laughs> it just doesn't have that vibe no, yeah. it's not like a schlocky nun exploitation, or is it like a temptation movie? It's yeah, I mean, like uh, Black Narcissus is a great movie, one of the classics, but is much pulpier in a lot of ways than this. Yes. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I was like, I don't know if it's gonna be to my taste, but I ended up really, really liking it. It was just uh, it was a good bummer movie. Everything sucks. <laughs> Everything sucks. Uh, men suck. The, the church sucks. Rich people suck. Poor people suck. Everyone fucking sucks. <laughs> yes. Kids suck. Kids suck. Oh, they keep fucking skipping on their ropes. Oh, even when people have died. Oh, everyone sucks. <laughs> it starts out, and you think it's going to be about, like, this man as this, like, uh, representation of his guilt and the violence he does to the people around him uh, to, like, get through that and... um whether those people like you know the uh the, the kid witnesses 
uh him like putting herself on um putting himself on verdana and like uh ramona's trying to cover that up and is complicit you think it's gonna be about like the dynamics of the melting pot of that specific situation but once he dies and it becomes about the whole like there's not even a town just the whole area like in in, in his farm um uh, i just wasn't expecting that change of direction uh into something a little a lot more just like nebulous yes yeah her um him like the cousin showing up like it's green acres with his like girlfriend who clearly does not want to be there in this fucking middle of nowhere villa and uh Verdiana being like ah i can make even if i'm not a nun i can make my own convent for real now um and just haphazardly collect she literally walks through town and collects the poor and takes yes. them home with her and then is like aghast when the the, the help was like you can't just bring these people in Because the groundskeeper's like, what the fuck are you doing? You can't just, like, we can't, we don't know these people. We can't trust these people. Uh, <laughs> she's like, no, it's fine. You know, we're giving them charity. It's like, charity does not make people good. Uh, I don't, yeah, this movie is not pro-charity, which is, I know, one of the controversial points. Um, yes. But uh, generally speaking, I am also not pro-charity. Like, capital C, charity from the church, right? It yes. means different than, like, helping yeah. people as a general thing. That is, like, a mm -hmm. often self-serving um, and hollow uh, thing we, to put into yeah, the world. The, which is the thing she is enacting upon them is, like, a paternalistic care yes. that is, like, is the violence that is that has been done by people in power, whether that's the church or the wealthy people or the way in which those overlap in history. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, they're going to chafe against it. <laughs> Uh, but it's also like I, I like that she's not outside of that like she's this has happened to her right she's gone yes. to a convent uh yes and come out the other side of this process and like just she's also only gone to a convent because of someone else paying her way right but she also just like fundamentally believes that going through this wheel will be healing and they will all come out yeah. the other side and run their own convent one day or whatever. Not, you know, not exactly that, yeah. but. I mean, uh, then, and even among the people she collects, some of them are down for it. They're like, this is a great deal. Of course, we're going to work really hard and we'll, it'll be great. Some people are like, eh, I don't know about this. This seems really suspect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one guy quits like right away. He's like, fuck yes. this piety. Yeah. He sees right through it. um yeah so like the way in which she just like that just gets reflected and the the violence done just remains the same old violence it's very pessimistic about the way in which people think they are reinventing a wheel that is just a, a pre-existed for all of human culture right yes it's like ah it's time to radicalize uh and by that i mean make a christian like mission <laughs> just at the house i find myself at yeah not whereas like whereas yeah yeah whereas the cousin's like ah oh, it's time to raise this place up by which i mean put in lights for me to hang out in <laughs> listen right, to my records his vision is like it's not like the uh his, you know because there's a version of this movie where she's fighting the fight for the doomed old ways and he's yes. this like rogue modernizer who we know because we live in the modern world will like win um just in culture uh but instead it just positions both of them as a deeply like selfish yeah yeah he wants he wants asshole. to start farming again right like he's he's here to like extract from the land yeah he wants to industrialize he's so mad that like there's, there's money in these walls yeah and like ultimately like the minute that the poor people are not gracious enough to accept their handouts um 
she quite literally figuratively gets into bed with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She takes her hair down. Yeah. And is like, yeah, no, we're industry and and uh and religion just uh the only way. We have to work together. Uh I love it. I think it, I think it fucking rips. Yeah. Um, good fucking movie. Yeah, it is especially, a really good one. especially since it's done through that sort of like you know, not, this isn't like a spooky movie, but I, I, I say like gothic horror metaphor of like a big house and an overbearing like patriarchal figure. And maybe he has ill intentions and maybe the maid's in on it. They're like this is the stuff of like genre fiction in a way that's like really good and chewy. It kind of reminds me of when we watched um, uh, Night of the Hunter, which is also about a lot of different things in the guise of like a religious parable. Oh, um, yeah. I um, Yeah. The horror element. Also, the the. Uh, it's like a coffin he has in his bedroom with the oh yes bridal stuff in it. Like the, yes. I, I almost expected him to have a body, mm-hmm. just have the ant's body. <laughs> yes, the preserved the fifties Hollywood version of this, where it's Vincent Price, definitely has a skeleton in that yeah container for sure. I was it had it gave me echoes of um, Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, that's the, uh, just really surprised by it. I mean, I was expecting to like it, but I was like, man, this one, this is exactly the thing I'm looking for um, in my movies. Um, very happy I got to watch this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a good time. Uh, do we have anything else? Or do we want to get to questions? Um, did everybody read about like how there was a different ending? <laughs> I did read about oh, the yeah, different ending. Oh, yeah, I did ending. read this. I, and how I the... Don't... <laughs> Oh, the, I was just going to say, like, the, uh, I can't remember the original ending, but the ending. The original, they... en- the, the original ending was going to have um, her just go into his room and, like, close the door behind her. Like, they're good. Like, clearly they're about to fuck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead they had to write this one where they sit down and play cards and is much more loaded with the metaphor. Yes. Um, and also implies that, like, Ramona's in on this whatever tryst they're going to have, which is, um way more sorted deviant it's deviant yes yeah it's really funny how that's uh, we're gonna shuffle the deck together <laughs> it's a much better ending than yes, yes the, uh, i agree because those are the ones just like she's going to fuck him because she's abandoned religion whereas yes by like this is like i guess they're having a threesome but it's also like he controls both of them like ramona's in on it but she's only she's not necessarily in on um Virginia like joining them right but she's not gonna say yes. no uh yes and so like the it just is a much better illustration of the relationship of power between the people involved uh, yeah and the, and the fact that they're all gonna play a game yeah i just think by like moving it to metaphor and uh involving all the characters just uh increases the scope of things that can be about beyond just now they're gonna fuck and that's abandoning the old like the pious mm. ways yes i agree uh all right if you would like to send emails you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com uh they could be about anything not just a movie club movie first one's from gary every year in october me and my friends all watch over the garden wall and willy wonka and the chocolate factory is always on tv at christmas growing up so it became a de facto christmas movie to me do you have any particular movies you revisit uh at any time of the year um even if it might not match the season i absolutely do not do this <laughs> i have never uh, done this ever sorry really not at all. Not even as a kid. I mean, as a kid, I guess we would watch like the Snowman when it was on at Christmas, but not re- no, not not really. 
when I was a kid, every Easter we'd watch The Wizard of Oz. Uh, as an adult, every Christmas I try to watch either National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or Scrooge. No, you um, don't. No, you don't. Don't say that. I you, used to. You used to, but you haven't in years and years and years. I've watched say, I National Lampoon's watching... recently. Yeah, but you don't watch Scrooge anymore. In the entire time I've known you, which is a decade. Uh, It's hard. It's hard for me. Uh, (laughs) Well, no, because like I associate them with my mom, so it's sad to watch. I was gonna say you haven't watched Scrooge in a decade. That's that's not true. That's not true. Um, And then uh, let's see. Every October, I try to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm Hmm. Growing up, I guess I would just watch the stuff on TV. Uh, for like, I think of like Ten Commandments at uh, Easter, and uh, I like I like watching Christmas movies like around Christmas, whatever. I don't have like traditions for this though. I like to like start uh, the first of the year off with like a big classic movie I've never seen before. Let's watch a banger. Um, that's about it. That's close as I get. You know, I was gonna say we watch a new to us Christmas movie every Christmas. Yeah, we tried to do. We didn't last year. I don't think. I'm sure we did. I'm positive we did. I don't remember what we watched, but I feel like we did. Mm. Hilver writes in, what is a documentary you would love to see a sequel to? Bonus points if it's one where you know what happens next, uh, or uh, bonus points if it's one where you, re- you really want to know what happens next. Um, I don't, I don't know. You had five days to think of an answer, Jackson. <laughs> I mean, yes, I know. I'm like, I'm trying to think. I haven't like watched that many documentaries, especially not like, you know, I don't want a sequel to F for fake, right? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't particularly um, care what happens there. Most of the documentaries I've seen, I'm not like necessarily interested in, in what happens immediately next. I would love to see like a movie not quite a sequel to Paris is Burning, but just like a, what's the current ballroom scene like? Wasn't there, wasn't there a kind of like, not a direct sequel, but another one of those in that same, like this is old enough now where you could do a third one, but isn't there one like that? I don't know. I know there's another movie about like homeless, uh, queer youth, but I don't know if there's another Mm -hmm. like ballroom scene movie. I want a sequel to Metallica, some kind of monster. (laughs) <laughs> oh i would love a speaking of music documentaries yeah i would love a sequel to meeting people is easy that just shows like radiohead all being in their 50s and being dads and just like <laughs> having made peace with all the angst that they had cultivated during the okay computer tour <laughs> um i would like a sequel to salesman the Maisel's documentary from 69 it's about bible salesman um, because I feel like door to door sales, like sales is still a thing that happens, uh, but he's like almost vanished from culture. Um, but definitely still exists. And I don't mean like MLMs, which is kind of where a lot of this happened with after deregulation, you know, people always hawk and Mary Kay or some shit. Um, but the people who are just like, we're out here on commission selling knives or whatever, um, and it's not technically a scam, but it's still this grind. I would love to see what that looks like in the modern era. God, I can't Probably even imagine. Probably a huge bummer. Mm-hmm. Does that even, does that even, like, selling, I don't think that exists. I think that's gone. I think you're going to totally, get, like. That totally exists. I think you're going to get, like, the, the kids that have given, like, discount peanuts 
uh, to hook broadband to other students and shit like that. Like that's where yeah, all this maybe. leads. Maybe. That, that's why I'd like a documentary to find it. Um, I, I mean, it's not like it's not as if Salesman is a positive film. It's a real bummer about how hard it is to like make, you know, sell shit to people as your job. Uh, uh, yes, I want I want a um, proper documentary about the second two Star Wars prequels from the my guy. Oh yeah, they should not have kicked damn. him off the set. It's so funny. They didn't make that. They put it in the goddamn DVD and then suspiciously he was never heard from again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lemon Lime writes in, uh, you often talk about movies whose lofty reputations as masterpieces led you to assume they'd be serious, austere, or even boring, which is basically the default of get, getting into classic anything is to be like, why is everyone talking about how serious this is? It's actually really funny. Um, to the point where it's like a parody thing to say about stuff. Um, but... This question, is there any examples of the opposite? Say a beloved classic, um, widely considered to be a comedy that you didn't really find funny or just stuff that didn't work for you. Um, I'm adding the bonus points of we cannot say Psycho because me and Jackson are Fuck. definitely going to say Psycho. Psycho. The answer is Psycho. <laughs> and none of us can say uh, <laughs> Chinatown because we talk about it every time. Chinatown, oh. also bad. Yeah. 500 days of summer is a terrible fucking movie i know it's not really a classic in that way but it, when i saw it it was talked up high by all the people around me. and now that i know more about movies i don't think it's got a good reputation anymore but it does suck i do hate it yeah yeah i feel like um, the reputation hasn't held up aliens just, is this for me i fucking hate aliens that's so, so weird boring. i love that movie i just it's, saw it at, i saw it after but having played every video game that's ripping it off for three decades and does nothing with the formula. And it's weird because, like, there's other movies that's true of and I still really like them. But that one, I just, there's nothing there. And I'm not, like, a James Cameron hater in this era. There's plenty of his movies I like. Uh, just this one doesn't, just doesn't do it. Just do it. I mean, in here, you can literally slot in any 80s movie that I don't like, you know. <laughs> you have a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Back to the Future, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, both movies that are very bad, and I don't know why anyone on Earth would ever enjoy them, because they're terrible and for bad people. They're um, funny. I don't, <laughs> um, I don't feel that strong anymore. I used to Inception's feel Inception's this for me? I really hated Inception the minute I saw it. It's like, this movie Inception could sucks. stand to be funnier. <laughs> really could stand to be funnier. I can't think of any. I'm, I'm really struggling to pick one. I feel like there's an obvious one I'm overlooking. You thought Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was boring. Yeah, I did, but I didn't dislike it. To be fair, I, I, in the spirit of the question, that is about movies that are held up as classics yeah, and are true. then actually as stuffy as they... They're... Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is the stuffiest fucking movie you've ever <laughs> it is seen. The stuffiest movie ever. <laughs> yeah, that no. is, when people talk about all oh, these movies <laughs> so good because it's stuffy, that's they're describing Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Nora writes in, are, are aliens real? Are aliens among us? They're real, but I don't think they're among us. I think that's my uh, answer also. Yeah. Uh, if you 3D printed a cow, would it be vegan to eat it? Yes. Yes. Um, I To me, I guess it depends on if it... Do, do are, you, you are you 3D printing... A living cow. A living cow. Because if, if, if it's alive, then no, right? Like, then no. Yeah. Else. Yeah. If it's but if yeah, if you 3D printed a piece of meat, that's not, that's vegan. There's not, no, there was never an animal. It's not uh, going against vegetarianism to order steak from the holodeck. Yeah, from the agreed. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. it's just um, protein linked together, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. But if, if you made a living cow in the holodeck and killed it, that would be bad. 
Yes. Yeah. Nora, Nora then asks, what if an alien 3D printed human? No, no addendum about like eating them <laughs> or what? Just what if an alien, that'd be fucked up, I guess. If, they, I don't if it wasn't stance, alive, I would eat it, I guess. It's still my answer. <laughs> I don't think my stance changes which way round. It's, I'm not like human centric on this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, um, if you could add a dead actor to any movie from 2010, on <laughs> who would it be and where would you send them? You can't say Orson Welles. I gotta 2010? look at. I gotta look at a list yeah. of 2010 movies real quick. Hold on. 2010 on. 2010 on. Just a modern film. Oh, oh. sorry. I thought you okay. had to be. No, no, no. Like no, no, no. Uh, me too. <laughs> um. It's 20. It's a mod. So they have to a dead actor in any modern movie. Yes. Oh, that's so hard. Um, yeah. I, I understand mm. why you say we can't say awesome. I would love to see that. Joan Crawford in The Devil Wears Prada in that Meryl Streep role. Because she could do bitch like nobody else. There you go. That's one. Destiny did it. Now we can do it. Uh, I'm like I'm going down the list. And I'm like I could say Philip Seymour Hoffman in anything, but that's cheating as well. That's awesome. You have to that's pick a movie. Cheating. You have to pick a movie where you'd actually be a good fit. Uh, for me to accept it, you I will accept it. Um, God. I'm I'm my my actual problem is I'm struggling to remember who's dead and who's not of like the old actors. Just <laughs> say some names. We'll tell you who's dead. I'll tell you. I know who's dead. <laughs> you know who's dead. I know who's dead. I'm an expert. Because I'm like, I want every character actor in history to show up in a John Wick movie doing something. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just spacing out on actors' names. I've completely forgotten anyone who's ever been in a movie. But that was, that's my <laughs> answer. If, if it's you know, I, I, James Caan should have been in John Wick. <laughs> Man, that'd be pretty good, actually. Yeah, just go I'm down the character it. actors list. They should have all had a role in John Wick. Go on Ian McShane mode. <laughs> um. I want Yul Brenner, who's my go-to guy when I'm not saying Orson Welles, uh, <laughs> to be in... That's a good movie from last... I think I want him in a... Com- I'm going to say Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> I wish Peter Lore was still around just to be creepy and stuff. If I could get a Coen Brothers movie about Yul Brenner and Peter Lorre doing anything together, that sounds all right. Holy shit. Peter Lore is uh, Willem Dafoe's character in The Lighthouse. God. They would change that movie completely, but it would be so good. <laughs> um, James writes in, are there any types of films you can watch together in an MST3K style format? Um, to which I say, I, we don't, I don't typically watch I movies mean, this way. Go back to abnormal. I believe this, this is up in the archives. Need for Speed. Did you watch that film and make fun no, of it? No, or, no, 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 oh, no, no. Okay, you read the novelization. No, read okay, the novelization I thought you watched subject. the film. No, 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 we no. did, but like in the, the film hadn't been out yet. We all <laughs> went to see the movie and we're like, man, that was fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> you I also like... saw the film. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the secret about like when we record Blockbusters, which we're going to do later today, that'll be out the same day as this probably. Hey, why Check do they it call out, it the uh, Pelican Brief when it's two hours and 20 minutes long? because <laughs> it's a it's a legal brief uh page patreon.com national mapping for five dollars gets you an episode on pelican brief the thing about us watching the blockbuster movies unless the movie's truly terrible we're mostly just kind of sitting there quietly watching the film we might make an observation now and then but we're not like 
We're not like we're not riffing. We don't riff. Yeah, we're, not, we're not. I'm not. I like watching movies very seriously. I don't like when people talk over a movie. I only we, riff if I've seen it before. I have to. If, I have to have seen it before to riff. We mm. have gone through like 45 minute stretches of total silence watching what was the movie. Even though we yeah. like on the line together, we're yeah. just watching the movie. Yeah. Like now the, the when last... we were watching, we were watching uh, Transformers. Ooh, oh Whoa, boy! It was popping off. What he said, you got to get that guy tied to shirts. <laughs> Why did this movie get good suddenly for like one scene? <laughs> for like one single twenty second bit. You're gonna say something, Destiny? Um, I'm trying to get the name of this movie, so give me a second. I'm having a hard time finding the name of the movie. Okay, so the only movie I've never seen, and I ended up riffing. Is me and a group of my friends who are mostly trans watched the 2014 comedy Boy Meets Girl, which is maybe the only happy movie about a trans person that I've ever seen. And I don't know if any others exist. And we definitely riffed on it because it's very, very cheesy. Okay. Um. Ba, ba, ba. Then we have questions from Tron. Uh, any favorite looking shots in this movie? Um, uh, I do like the really stupid Last Supper shots. <laughs> I love it too. It's yeah, that's great. I also like the shot of well, him hanging from the jump rope, and the next thing you see is the girl jumping rope with the jump rope. Yes, I really like that. That's really um, dark. I shout it out, but I do like him, uh, Dracula picking her up after she passes out. Yeah, it's creepy. You do, you um, just like when someone's a vampire in a movie. Yeah, I do. I do. Vampires I do. are cool. Uh, uh, um, mm, none of us have parties in places we weren't supposed to be. I feel like that's not any of us. We're all boring. I was no. a goody two shoes. I've never yes. been to like ooh, like a secret like part like bad party. Yeah. So I don't have uh, any. If I did, if it ever happened to me, I was definitely anxious and trying to leave because Nathan <laughs> and Gareth were up to some shit. Yeah. Um. And there's there's a question about have you ever done like charity work? And yeah, I was uh. In a church setting, multiple times have done like soup kitchens and Meals on Wheels and shelter I, stuff. And... Yeah, I've done not none of mine were in church contexts. Uh, I was in college and I did Meals on Wheels for a group I was in. I've done uh, uh, the shelter kitchen, and but yeah, it was all college. Okay, again, if you have emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, Jackson, what are we watching next time? Uh, we are watching, um, hang on. I was like, what's the movie called? It is movie called, uh, Top Cappy from 1964. Uh, how do you spell that? So T-O-P-K-A-P-I. Um, there yeah. is no translation on the Wikipedia page. Could be a foreign word could just be a noisily made up i don't fucking know um okay. but it is a high movie uh, from 1964 uh directed by jules dustin it's a palace in is- istanbul there you go um, there you go i didn't know i don't know the shit <laughs> um i was admitting my ignorance <laughs> you're okay uh and that's what the movie is uh it seems to be unavailable online uh on like streaming places but you can find it somewhere 
and you can also get it on DVD and Blu-ray if you so desire, I guess. Americans like, might be able to watch it on Pluto TV, which is a free streaming service. Pluto TV, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone watching, listening to this podcast downloads their fucking movies, and if you don't, you should start. Get a VPN. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry to cough again. I bet it's, it's on YouTube. I bet it's just on YouTube also. Jackson, no, not you. Destiny, plugs. At Fridge Buzz now on the internets. And my other podcast, Badland Girls, is found on abnormalmapping.com slash Badland Girls. Now it's your turn, Jackson. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Headphones off at Twitter.com. You can find the podcast and me and MDU at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. For one dollar, you get the great Gundam project. We're currently watching SD Gundam Force and Digimon Tamers. That's the big one. We're going to have a wild week this week. Um, looking forward to watching those fucking episodes. Uh, we're at Blockbusters every month. We watch a Hollywood movie. Uh, we recently did, what was the last movie we did? Uh, Iron Giant. And we're doing the Pelican Brief later today. That'll be out soon. So probably the same day this goes up, unless I fuck up editing somehow. Um, and then for $10 every two weeks, you get uh, VoIP Life, which is usually me and Jackson goofing off. Sometimes we get special guests. The most recent episode has an hour of me and Jackson rating cartridges, video game cartridges, like you know aesthetically and then the second hour is our friend rose came by talk to jackson about twin peaks twin peaks uh, and uh that's it thanks for listening we'll be back in two weeks unless we don't i don't know it'll be my birthday i'll be like let's not record we'll probably record i don't know why i wouldn't anyway um, we can take movies now more than ever don't expect to like them why do you do a silly voice every time it throws you off